Hello folks, I'm your host Dale Pollard, and I'm your co-host Carl Pollard, and you're listening to The Bible's Not Boring. It's a podcast that's aimed at proving its name with each and every episode. I think I'll have what I'm having. Noise. What's all this, Doc? Oh, sorry. It's you, Chad. You just startled me. I've been assigned to run secret experiments for the government on the host of the podcast, The Bible's Not Boring. You know, that sounds kind of like a twisted invasion of privacy, bro. Well, I've been probing their minds. The things that we found are horrifying. I feel as if they're driving me mad. Hey, are these some uh, recordings you've taken from their brains, dude? Wait, don't press that button! Uh, Too late, dude. Sorry. What have you done? Oh, sick, dude. Thank you for listening to The Bible's Not Boring. This is episode 9, and it's a whopper. You know, one of the most confusing books in all the Bible has to be Revelation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, though, we have a guest on this episode who is going to explain the entire book in just... (gasps) 10 minutes. Didn't think it was possible, but it's happening. It's gonna happen. But that's right. We have someone to explain this confusing book for us today. What's his name? His name is Dan Owen. Yes. And he has a very, very, very extensive background when it comes to learning knowledge and Hmm. things in school. He has his bachelor's in Bible from Oklahoma Christian. Right. Master's in Greek New Testament from Harding. Right. He studied church history and theology at Abilene Christian. Okay. Got his PhD from Southern Illinois University. Wow. And he was one of our teachers at Bear Valley. That's right. And he's one of those people, you know, that you can just look at and you can tell that they're intelligent. Mm -hmm. You know, you you don't have to even hear anything from them. You just know immediately they're smart. He's got that twinkle in his eye. Yeah, the twinkle of knowledge. The twinkle of knowledge. But he is one of the most qualified people we could ever get to cover this topic. And so now that you know a little bit more about who will be covering the book of Revelation. He's got the juicy chops to cover it. He has the knowledge. He has the experience. He has the name. Dan Owen. 
So here he is, explaining the book of Revelation in 10, ten minutes. minutes. The book of Revelation can be summarized in short statements like this. Worship God. Be faithful to death. You'll find victory in Jesus. The book of Revelation is structured around some sevens. In chapters two and three, you have the seven letters to the seven churches of Asia, which is a very important passage. In chapter six, you have the seven seals. In chapter seven, excuse me, chapter eight and nine, you have the seven trumpets. In chapter 16, you have the seven vials or bowls of God's wrath. And uh, the book seems to um, structure itself somewhat around those. Those things are not chronological. Those sevens are cyclical. They, they repeat information regarding the same period of time. They're not a continuous uh, period of time at all. Um, the book of Revelation is laid out as uh, a greeting from the Trinity, followed by um, John's statement that he is a brother in the great persecution that's happening, and he's exiled on the island of Patmos in chapter 1, followed by a great vision of the risen, glorified Christ in the end of chapter 1, the Christ who is among his churches and the Christ who is holding his messengers in his hand. In chapters 2 and 3, the risen Christ speaks to the seven churches of Asia. He speaks compliments to them. He speaks that he knows everything that's going on with them. He speaks uh, warnings to them about the areas in which they need to repent. He warns them to be faithful to God and worship God. And he gives them encouragement that to those that are faithful and overcome, uh, they will reap great rewards. In chapters 4 and 5, we have the great throne room scene. The picture of the glorious one who sits upon the throne, the one who rules over all the kingdoms of the earth, God in his heaven, <clears throat> and all of heaven and earth are worshiping him. In Revelation 4.11, you are worthy, O Lord, our God, to receive uh, the glory and the honor and the power because you created everything and by your will they existed and were created. So all of heaven knows who you're supposed to worship. You're supposed to worship the creator. In chapter five, the creator has a book, a scroll in his hand and it's sealed shut and no one is found worthy to open that scroll until this slain lamb comes and uh, he takes the scroll out of the hand of the one who sits upon the throne and all of heaven and earth begin to praise the lamb who like the one who sits upon the throne is worthy to be worshiped and to receive the, the glory and the riches and the wisdom and the strength and the honor and the glory and the thanksgiving. And then the, all of the uh, creatures of heaven and earth cry out to the one who sits upon the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and power forever and ever. So God and the lamb of God, God and Christ deserve the worship of all creation. 
<clears throat> then you have um, the lamb who appears in chapter 6 as the rider of the white horse. He also appears that way in chapter 19, verse 11 and following. But the lamb rides out on a white horse and um, you have the seven seals. And the seven seals are a little different in that they predict the hardships that the Christians are going to go through in this great persecution, this great tribulation uh, that's going on. And so in each of these um, seven seals, there, there is some hardship or, or great trial that is revealed. It's going to come about upon those that are trying to uh, serve the Lord during this terrible time of persecution. And in chapter 7, the message comes forth that before, you know, any, any of God's great wrath is poured out, those that are faithful to him are going to be marked or sealed on their foreheads, and uh, these are the 144,000 who follow Jesus, who follow the Lamb. According to chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, they are the servants of God. They are the followers of Jesus in chapter 14, verse 1 and 2. Then you have the second uh, cycle of sevens in uh, chapters 8 and 9, which is the trumpets of God. Unlike the seven seals, the trumpets of God are warnings to the people who are persecuting God's people to get them to repent of what they're doing. And these trumpets are very much like the plagues that were poured out on the land of Egypt and their warnings. And at the end of chapter 9, it says that uh, um, those that uh, experienced all these plagues still did not repent of their evil. In chapter 11, you have the story of the witnesses of God, the messengers of God, who uh, preach their message regardless of persecution, and they're killed. They become martyrs. They're martyrs in, they're martyrs in the great uh, city of, of Rome, and uh, though, uh, the beast, the Roman emperor, kills them. They rise up, and others replace them, and and they end up being taken up to heaven like the faithful prophets of old, like Elijah, were taken up to heaven. And uh, in chapter 12, you have the story of the dragon and his persecution of the people of God, the beautiful woman, and uh, how um, even when he's cast down from heaven by the victory of Christ, he continues to persecute this woman and, and her children who keep the commandments of God and hold the testimony of Jesus. And then chapter 13 introduces the dragon's main henchman, the beast, the beast of Daniel 7, verse um, 7 and following, the, the, the fourth beast, the Roman kingdom, the persecutor of God's people. He's introduced and he talks about those that worship him and those that have his mark on their forehead instead of God's mark on their forehead and and it talks about his trying to force people to worship this emperor instead of worshiping God and we're told in the last uh, verse of, of uh, chapter 13 that the number that's attached to him is not the number of God it's the number of a man so we shouldn't worship a man we should only worship God in <clears throat> chapter 
15 and 16, we have these seven angels with the seven last plagues, the bowls of God's wrath. And very much like the uh, seven trumpets, these bowls of God's wrath are directed against those that are trying to persecute God's people. And uh, God threatens them with all kinds of uh, terrible things that happen, and yet still they do not repent. In chapter 17, we have a vision of the great harlot, which is the city of Rome and the great beast. And she rides on the back of the beast. And the beast is the, the Roman emperor. And, and uh, she's drunk on the blood of the saints. And she's the great persecutor. And uh, she represents the great city of Rome, which is called Babylon the Great. Chapter 18 predicts the fall of Babylon, the fall of Rome, and the great enemy of God's people and how sad all of her supporters are going to be. In chapter 19, verse 11, we have the great battle that finally occurs between Christ and his armies and the beast and his armies and how Christ defeats the beast, Rome, and uh, Christ becomes the victor. Then Satan is bound for a thousand years and prevented from persecuting the people of God to such a serious degree. In chapter 20, verses uh, 1 through 6. In chapter 20, verse 7 through 10, uh, Satan is released and destroyed, thrown into the lake of fire. Then you have the great judgment scene in chapter 20, verse 11, where all the dead are judged. And those that aren't found written in the book of life are thrown into the lake of fire. Those that are found written in the book of life get to inherit the new Jerusalem. Chapters 21 and 22 are about the new heavens, the new earth, and the new Jerusalem for all those that overcome, for all those that worship God and are faithful to death and do not uh, acquiesce to worship a mere man. So this is a, a broad outline of the book of Revelation. And the bottom line is this, no matter if you're under great persecution, like the great persecution under the Roman Empire, you must only worship God. You must be faithful to God unto death. And for all who are faithful, there's great victory in Jesus. Elucidated. Explained. Plain as day. Clear as glass. Yep. You know, we want to thank Dan for taking the time to do that recording for yes, us. We do. Uh, he spent a lot of time doing that and he did a superb job Fantastic. covering that, as all our guests have done for us so far. You know, we've got a lot of great guests planned for the future. We got some great topics in the weeks to come. We got new, fresh, crispy, clean content on a weekly basis. But you know, until then, don't try and quick dry your wet pants in the microwave. It won't work. And please, don't leave a brown bag filled with assorted meats in the back of your car to bake in the sun for three days either. More helpful tips next week as we are constantly learning new ones. You know that's right. And so for now, Ashok and farewell. <laughs>